Straight Talk Uncut. Hey everybody, how's it going? Just tell us again, back with another edition of Straight Talk Uncut. And this has been recorded on February 29th, 2016. How's everybody doing? Uh, hope everybody had a good weekend. Okay, so the quote for this episode is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And it goes like this. Finish each day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities have crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. You should begin it serenely and with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. And I'm going to repeat that one. Finish each day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities have crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. You should begin it serenely and with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. And again, that's by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. So each day we wake up with the intentions to do something to, you know, if, if you're smart, you already know what you're going to do for that day. You always, you always, uh, have it planned out. I read this book a while ago called, um, eat that frog. And it was by Brian Tracy. And it, and it talks about, you know, when you are planning out your day, how do you go by, you know, starting with the first thing, like what's, what's the first thing on the list? to do and really it's it, it comes down to this the simple thing is what's the most important thing you know what what's the one thing you have to get done that day and it's usually the 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 thing you want to do least but that's the thing you have to do but wh whatever your goals are whatever that thing is take it to the max to accomplish accomplish it whether it's one thing two things whatever your goals are you have to wake up with the intention of giving your all to accomplish them. Like, like it's like you have no other chance to do it. Like it's your last chance to do it. But when you're done, you have to decide, you know, when, when you're done, when you decided to call it quits, when you're done for the day, you have to be done with it, regardless of if you finish those goals, those tasks or not, you know, you just, just be done with it. You can't, Beat yourself up saying, man, I didn't finish that. But if you, you know, if you hustled your ass off, be proud of yourself and, and let that day slip away. You, you, you have no, you have no choice. You have no choice, but to let it go. If you didn't do as much as you could have, you know, maybe that's okay too. Maybe, maybe you're lucky, lucky enough to wake up to a new day, but either way, it's no point of letting, you know, letting it linger, letting the, the previous day affect the future whether it was good or bad you know a lot, a lot of times we think about letting things in, in the past go but we always um you know automatically think about letting negative things well you you have to let you have to you have to let everything go you have to let that whole entire day go but otherwise it's going to be a distraction for what you plan to do in the present in the future because some people can bask in, in an accomplishment and then miss a lot of other opportunities. You know, like, you know, you say you, you accomplished something awesome today and then you try to, <laughs> you know, you, you try to milk that for, for, for all you can. And while you're doing that, you know, while you still lingering on, on what happened the previous day, you're missing all these other, other opportunities. You know, you, you say, okay, I can relax. You know, I can relax. I accomplished that. Yeah. We all have to have to take a break. You know, we all have to, uh, relax a little bit, but just don't bask in it too much because you, you're going to miss things. You know, you, you're going to miss like those current opportunities that are, that are being flashed at you. You know, if, if you're smart enough, you have not only, the, the current goals for that day, you have long-term goals. You have like those far, far goals way off in the distance. So you should always be working on something, always. So there's no point of, you know, letting old stuff linger, letting um, 
things in the past affect how you're going to continue on in the future. And, you know, we, we've all, I've, I know I've been guilty of that plenty of times. I've, I've been guilty of both letting negative things affect me and also letting things that I can pat myself on the back, you know, again, carried away by basking in that glory and then, you know, uh, missing opportunities. So, all right. So in this episode, there's a few things I want to talk about. Um, last week, I, I took my camera for a walk, as as I call it. You know, I, I, like I said, I don't want to call it street photography or anything like that. And I uh, took took my K3, of course, but I also took my um, Zeiss Icon, this old uh, Bellows like folding camera that I picked up on eBay a few months ago. And I got to tell you, I had more. I only had nine shots. You know, it's a what six by nine uh, centimeter, the 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 one twenty film. So I I get uh, about eight shots, eight or nine. I think it's eight. Yeah, eight. I get about eight shots off of a one twenty roll of film. And let me tell you about this experience I had. So I started off with the with the with the uh, Zeiss Icon. I started off with that. Uh, and I and I really decided that as I was putting coins in the meter, you know, because it was downtown uh, midday, so I, I didn't want to. Since I had, you know, I haven't been out shooting outdoors in a while, so I didn't want to like park somewhere, you know, like far from where I planned to shoot, just to save a dollar on <laughs> on the meter. So I parked right at Acacia Park. Um, which is like right in the center of downtown. And um, so I parked there and uh, as I was putting the coins in the meter, I decided, you know what? I'm going to start out with, with the Zeiss because I, I looked around and, it, you know, there, there was like people taking lunches and stuff like that. It wasn't, it wasn't like a lot of people around. Um, I, I wanted to get there before because there's a high school right there. Uh, like adjacent to the park and I know it gets crowded when they let out for lunch so I, I wanted to beat that crowd so I was like uh, let me start out with the Zeiss you know uh, and it was early enough that a lot of the shops weren't even open yet you know it was just pretty much um, you know a, a few homeless people around and you know some people just taking a break from work from from some of the shops like the early shops like coffee shops and uh the little delis and stuff that's around there that that's really the only thing that was open um so i decided you know i'm gonna start off with the zeiss uh because i like you know it was early the sun was blasting and so i just started walking around and i'm i'm, I'm a real fast walker <laughs> you know like I, I, I always I walk with a purpose. I, I can't stand like walking like I don't know where I'm going. But when I was walking, cause I, I said I'm stay for about an hour. That's how much I, uh, I put in the, the meter. So I was like, you know, I'm stay for about an hour. And, and so I did a lap around the uh, the park. And I looked at my watch, and it was only like ten minutes. And I was like, holy shit! I've like lapped the park in ten minutes. You know, like, and, and, but I was just in my normal walk. Like I, I have somewhere to go instead of walking and observing. So I was like, okay, let me, let me do this again and let me slow down. And, um, so I decided to walk, uh, out of the park and just start walking down, you know, just walking down the, the main street, which is Nevada Avenue. I just started walking down Nevada. Um, and I was just taking my time. And even still, I was walking too fast because I was looking at my clock, my watch, and I was like, man, I'm, I need to slow down. So I just started to slow down and, and stop and look around and, and sort of see what I wanted to shoot, you know. So I started taking a few pictures and, um, and you know, with the, I mean, you know, with old cameras, you have, it has a, you have to manually cock the shutter. Uh, you have to manually wind the, the, uh, the film advance. I mean, it's all, it's all manual camera. So, it is you have to slow down but when i when i took my first picture that's when i started to slow down that's when i started to like take in everything that's when the um the intention 
wore off like of me like okay I'm gonna go down here and shoot some pictures that's it wore off and then now I started getting to okay like um I, I guess like photographer mode you know what I mean like you, you it's it's like you go in, you it's like you you go into this this mode of like everything is bright right but then you go into this like real focus like almost like you looking through like a uh, a vignette like um like you looking through like a masked um glasses to where everything is fuzzy around the edges and then everything in the center is like focused and that's the mode I went through so I started looking around and making sure I had, you know, I, I was pretty much, you know, well, it's, it's, you have to zone focus. So I knew I was zone focus, and, 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 but I, I really never zone focused before other than here in the studio. Um, so, you know, I knew it was something I had to get used to. So I just put it on infinity and then started shooting like some landscape type scenes just to get used to lining everything up in the little uh, viewfinder. So I did that, and I wasn't really you know, looking for people or anything like that. Um, so I started, like downtown, they have these outdoor art displays, like every year, um, you know, some, some artists will win the opportunity to be able to, you know, get like a grant or something and create a piece of art for downtown. So, I, you know, I started taking, taking shots of, of some of that stuff. And then, so I rounded this corner, right? And this guy, it was a homeless guy. He asked me for some change. And I was like, you know what? I, I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I said, but hey, can I get a can I get a quick portrait of you? Can I get a quick picture? And he was like, yeah, that's cool, you know? So I took a picture of him. And I'm, I'm already telling you now, it came out horribly. I was too close because I, I didn't reset my focus. <laughs> and I immediately knew that, like I didn't know it then, but when I got back, I processed the film. I processed the film that next day, which was Saturday. I processed the film the next day, and as soon as I saw it, because that that that's the one I wanted to get, because this guy was in like a full like fur coat. He had, I can tell he was young, but he's had like this big wilderness beard and hair and everything going on. Um. And I and it was he was up against like a brick wall, and I I was like that's the that's the one shot that's the only shot I care about right, because it was the only one that I had that had a person in it, so I was like that's the one shot. And as I was driving back, I was like you know what I bet that's the only shot that's gonna suck. And sure enough, it was it was the only one that was out of focus. All the other shots I took were blown out. Why? Because again, having and this is the thing like you uh, you forget how how much digital make you forget now i started off with film you know i started off shooting film but you forget about iso and i'm i was shooting at 4 4.5 so i was shooting wide open with this camera i should have been shooting at like um f8 or maybe 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 a little lower but I had I had HP five and I had four hundred speed film in here, and this was like nine o'clock, sunny day, no clouds in the sky, and I'm shooting wide open at one hundred and twenty fifth of a second, and and that you know like even at four hundred, you, you would think even so four hundred, four hundred speed, uh, I'm shooting at four point five, that's my aperture, and then I'm shooting at one hundred twenty fifth of a second. With HP five four hundred speed, like even even at that, I you think it, I was still it wouldn't be as blown out as they were, but they were blown out. Now they weren't blown out to the fact that where I could re couldn't recover because I I did some test scans and I was able to see that okay I can still work with them just to you know at least post up and give an example. But I just laughed at like how uh, how we forget. So that was the experience with the Zeiss icon. I mean, I can go into more detail, but you know, uh, uh, you know, it was my first time out shooting. So then I broke out the K3 after I ran through that whole roll of film, and it's it's just, I mean, it's something you can't explain. You you have to really go and experience it because I had, I don't know, I had more fun shooting with the this old. I 
think the I think this camera was made in like 1953 or something like that. Then I did with the K3. Why? Because with the K3, I had a certain expectation. You you know what I mean? Like um like with with the with the this old uh, Zeiss icon, I really didn't have any expectations other than getting the feel for the camera, learning like like trying to remember the things I learned when I did film. I didn't have any real expectations as far as getting the image, but and then everything was more planned and technical. I took my time, but as soon as I pulled out <laughs> the K3, I, I I I immediately, you know, I I would bust out some shots. I would chimp a little bit and then bust out some more. But with the Zeiss icon, it's like once you click that shutter, you know you're done. You you I, I didn't even think about. It. I I shot and I kept moving. I, you know, it was nothing else to think about. I shot, I kept moving, looking for the next thing. But with the K3, I was shooting, and I was like, I would, you know, look at the back. Um, and, and, and you know, and I, I, I'm not like a, um, you know, they, you know, they call it chimping. But I always chimp because I'm usually in this. I'm usually here shooting in live view mode. You know, I'm usually here in 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 my basement studio shooting in live view. So, um. Or the last time I shot outside was uh, I did some pet portraits. Um, even then, I didn't really chimp because, you know, you, you don't have time to. You don't really have time to. But I was shooting in high speed, you know, high speed mode. But um, but for some reason, it's like I just went. It was like I just went into this different mode. So I think next time when I do this, I'm going to use the same I mean, I, yeah, I know it's technology, and you, and you use it, but what I'm trying to do is is get to where I'm not as dependent. Like, I'm not looking for the technology to 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 correct things that I should, as a good photographer, that you should do before pressing the shutter. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And with the, when I was using the manual camera, the Zeiss Icon, I was in that mode of knowing that hey. I only have eight shots. I, I can't preview what I see. Like once once the shutter is once I hit that shutter, it's it's over. So I'm looking at composition. Um, you know, I thought I was looking. I, I actually, you know what? I was I was looking at like I was looking at all the things I was, you know, supposed to look at and, and have in mind. But the one thing I just I, I and normally I shoot in ISO 100 with my K3, so I wasn't even thinking. That you you got four hundred speed film in here, you know. I, I just wasn't even wasn't even thinking. So, um. So, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it's, it's like you hear people talking about it, and for so, it's such a long time. Once I got rid of all of my my film equipment, I, there's no way I I would ever think I would be shooting film again. Because if I did, I wouldn't have sold all of my damn equipment. Because now you're starting to see prices of film equipment go back up like this same camera that i i bought for um 15 bucks now you're starting to see them for like 30 dollars the same same camera now you start to see, even even my old polaroid that i bought and I'm, I'm still working on this one i bought i bought the um the polaroid land 80 a for 10 dollars, and i bought the uh, 150 for 20 and now you you can't even find them at that price i saw a I saw a 150 on Craigslist for like 200 bucks or some ridiculous shit like that, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And then the 110 A's, you know, because they have better lenses, they're going for like you see, you see them selling for like two, three hundred, four hundred dollars, and then the people that converted them, a thousand dollars. Like if you pay a thousand dollars for a converted Polaroid land camera, you you fucking idiot, because you can you can get two graphics, speed, you know, speed graphics. Or, or something like that. Now, the only the only one I've ever seen that if I ever bought one, I would buy. There's there's a guy who converted a um a Polaroid Land 110A, but he converted that it can take multiple back. It can take like a Polaroid pack film back, uh, you know, that you can use Fujifilm or Impossible film in it. Uh, you can you can put on a uh, of course four by five, or you can do 120. 
film. So he he put like a multiple back on it, and it comes with the backs. So, you know, at least he went the extra mile, and it has an awesome lens on it. So for that portability and um, that, you know, that uh, – what's the word? that variety of, of different film formats, then yeah, that they may be worth it. But other than that, no. So, I mean, if you have a, if you have a, the opportunity to buy a cheap film camera, even if it's uh, a 35 millimeter, you know, I've seen a lot of, I almost bought a, uh, a Argus. Is it Argus? Yeah. C3. They call it the brick. I almost bought one of those, but I said, I had said to myself, once I start buying these, these old cameras that, I'm going to strictly stick to, you know, medium formatting up. So um, that way, I'm not I'm not just buying a lot of cameras, you know. So I said, you know, I'm I'm gonna stick to. It has to be 120 film and, and up. Um, I contemplated buying a, a 620 camera, you know, because I know you can respool it. But I'm like, do I want to mess with that? Do I want to add something extra, you know, being that I'm um, processing up my film myself. Do I want to add an extra step in there? And I was like, you know, no. Unless it, unless it's just an awesome deal, or it's like a bundle, you know, where I can get uh, like a Kodak, old Kodak six twenty film camera with a with you know like a one twenty camera, something like that. So um, I haven't put the film. Up. I mean, I haven't scanned the film. I like I, I scanned it using my old scanner in a demo copy of ViewScan because I have a Microtech 6800 and the, the, I, and I'm using Windows 10 and it doesn't work. The drivers for it don't work. But this, there's a company called ViewScan. Well, that's the software. The company is called uh, Hamrick or something like that. And they, they created the software called ViewScan and you can use old your old scanners. But it's like 80 bucks. And I've been contemplating, you know, should I buy just a, just get a new like an Epson, a new Epson scanner, or buy that software? Because this is my luck, you know. I buy the software, pay eighty bucks for the software, and then I mean, cause this scanner, I bought in like '03, <laughs> you know, and it, it was like four or five hundred bucks back in '03. So <clears throat> it's it's old. So my my luck, I'll buy the software, and then the fucking scanner stop working anyway. You know what I mean? Like the the scanner crap out. <clears throat> so what I've been doing, what I'm what I'm gonna do is um, I I I did some tests this morning with my DSLR and uh, my daughter's Samsung Galaxy tablet, and I I installed this uh, this camera. I mean this flashlight app to where you know it makes the screen glow like a light box. So I did some tests to where I took. Uh, for my old stock of mats, I had these little. This is from when I used to sell prints at at uh, art shows. So I found some of my old like what four, four by four by five mats, and I crossed them over to make a little mask. And um, and I took an old frame and took the glass out. So I set up sort of like a you know like a flatbed light box with the with the Samsung Galaxy. Um, what was it Nexus? What is this? I can't remember what tablet this is. I pretty much come. Yes, an old Nexus tablet. I confiscated this tablet. From my daughter. We we bought my daughter's uh, tablets like a couple Christmases ago, and of course we made the mistake of buying two different models. They're both Asus's, but one is a Memo, one is a a Galaxy. Nexus and I and I thought my older daughter would want something more advanced, but no, she wants the same thing as my youngest daughter. So I've been using her tablet anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the scans with that and um, you know, just for just to put them up online. <clears throat> so, but yeah, man, if you have a chance of getting an old you know old film camera manual, go out there, just do some tests, play around. Don't you know? Don't spend too much money on them. Like I'm trying to stay under um. I, I try to stay under fifty bucks when I'm buying these cameras. You know what I mean? Because, um, I, you know, I mean, it, it's it's easy to get into that. <laughs> it's easy to if you have a, like a personality, like a collection, like you want to, you know, I, I have that kind of personality, and I'm trying to not go back into that. My the last collection I had, and I 
I sold all except for one series, and I think I talked about it was a. Uh, I used to collect Spawn action figures, and uh, and only the I've sold all of them, and they were all unboxed. I mean, all unopened, still on cards, and um, and I kept all except for one series, and that was and that's and I have them on a a wall mount in, in the office. So, um, but I I know I have that kind of personality where I want to collect shit. So, I'm trying to I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you have a if you have a chance to get in get some film, uh, get a film camera, buy an old like even if it's like a old uh, little brownie box or something like that, it, it it's gonna make it's gonna better your skills as a photographer because you know you we we forget how easy we we get uh, tied to technology. It's almost just like I mean I used to be a a, a great speller. Now I can't spell what shit because. Uh, how often do you complete a word <laughs> when you're when you're typing? It's like everything is is done for you. So I'm trying not to I'm I'm trying to break away from that with uh with my with the with the with my photography. So um the other thing was my uh, Epson 2200 finally uh finally threw in the towel. I, I've had a Epson printer for for long. And I sold I sold one, uh, I think I had like a fourteen eighty or something like that. I sold it and I found the twenty two hundred about two years ago online. And it, you know I I used it mostly for printing out um, transparency for screen printing. And I actually had an order this weekend for um, a print. And uh, I I have it converted to all black ink cartridges. So all the ink cartridges in this printer are black ink, black um, matte ink for, you know, for like high, high, high dark uh, printing. So I can do, so I can easily burn my screens without having to like double up the transparencies. But this is what happened. So I hadn't used the, the um, printer in about two weeks, and you, and anybody who has any experience with Epson knows you have to like print, you know, like once or twice a week or something like that to keep the heads from getting clogged up. Um, but so far I haven't had you know any big problems. So uh, Friday, no Saturday morning, you know, I went to open up the the dialog to do just a little nozzle check before I printed transparency. Because I, I I print thirteen by nineteen transparency, so I don't want to print a whole entire transparency and realize that it's you know it's messed up. So I always do a print nozzle check, and of course I had like some broken lines, and it was it wasn't even that bad. It was it was um, mostly like two cartridges, just had a few broken lines, but I wanted to get it perfect, so I did a head cleaning, and then it came out worse than the initial check, and I'm like, well. What the hell is going on? So I do another clean and then it just it just got dramatically worse. Like like with every head cleaning, it was get, it, it was getting clogged or something. So I took all the clean the, the cartridges out and I did a uh, I have this I have this uh, little kit, little cleaning kit that you fill an empty cartridge with this fluid and you stick it in there and you know it's supposed to clean the heads. And that's worked in the past, but this time it's something happened because now no ink prints at all. Nothing. Nothing prints at all. I mean, it's it prints. It goes through the motions of printing, but it's, the sheets are totally blank. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I mean, I, I wasted a whole weekend working on this damn thing. Um, so you know, I, I of course went online looking for. So, you know something. I mean, I just couldn't understand what was going on because I've never had it to where it doesn't print anything like nut blank. So some people were saying that um, it may be that the the little um, what's it called the when you when you do a cleaning, you know, it, it spits out the ink and flushes the cartridges to to clear the head. Then it has this little um, like a reservoir that collects that ink and then it sends it down to this these sponges that's that's on the bottom of the printer. So some people were saying that if this thing is clogged up and the ink has nowhere to go, 
the printer is going to sense that and it's not going to clean it's not going to clean the the cartridges or clean the head like it normally does so i saw one guy who who sort of made um because my printer you it's no open you can't get down if you i mean there's no getting into it some printers you can get down in there and it has a uh where you can remove that reservoir or remove that filter that catches that uh excess ink you can remove it and replace it and clean it not on this printer that as far as i know i couldn't see any way to get down in there but i did see the little holes that collects the ink and take it down so what i did was i i I took that hose and, and added an, an extension to that hose and drilled. A, I, I, I mean, this is, this is after working with it for two days, you know, so I didn't just do this, you know, on a whim, but after like, I figured, you know, that's it. The, the printer's dead. I was like, okay, well I might as well try some other stuff. So I drilled a hole into one of the little, um, the heat radiator, little, you know, slits in the plastic that lets heat out. And just took the, you know, I added some a little extension to the hose, and and just had the the reservoir exposed out to like a separate thing. And um, and so I played with that, and still nothing. But I do know that the ink is coming out. I mean, I, I know I'm rambling, but you know, hopefully somebody has a solution. So um. It, it, I mean, it's, it's dead. It's dead. But I, I do know that the ink is coming out of the uh, the head because I placed a, some paper towels underneath and then ran the head cleaning to see where it gets soaked with ink. And it did get soaked with soaked with ink. And I can see that the ink is, you know, coming out the cartridge because I filled all the cartridges up and now they're just almost empty. So the ink is coming out. But for some reason, when I go to print something, it doesn't come out. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a software. I don't, I have no idea, but I, I gave up on it because I, like I said, I wasted a whole entire weekend messing with that. So I didn't even get the, uh, that's why I didn't scan those, um, film that film yet. You know, that's why I didn't, it, it wasn't until this morning to where I came up with the solution of just go ahead and, uh, scanning it with, with my K3. So, um, so that's that. So I'm in the market for, uh, a new printer and a new scanner, maybe. Uh, you know, I may be able to get away with scanning with this DSLR once I once I do it and see the results. I may be able to get away with it for a while. So, but definitely, man, uh, I had to actually close, like, well, put one of my shops on closed status so I wouldn't get any more orders. My shop that I do prints because I can't, I can't print. I, you know, I can't do, I can't create the transparencies. So I'm I'm definitely in the market for a new printer because I wanted to do some prints of uh I wanted to do some prints two ways with these negatives. I do have an enlarger, so I wanted to enlarge and I wanted to actually do some digital prints. Uh I got this book called uh it's about digital photography and it's you know how you know creating digital uh negative for contact prints. And like I said, I have you know, I have 13 by 19 transparency, so I wanted to do some contact prints. I wanted to print out on some of my, some transparencies and make some contact prints and stuff like that. You know, just do some alternative processing. So I, I know I'm definitely going to have to get a new printer. Um, so that's another, what, what, what are the, what are Epson printers running now? Four, five, six hundred bucks. Ah. Uh, it's always something. Anyway, let's let's move on. All right. So, the last last thing I'm gonna talk about is, and this this is kind of like, I don't know what I don't know what to think about this because most of you probably heard about B and H going through its thing. B and H um, is is being sued or has some lawsuit charges by the U.S. Labor Department, saying they were discriminating against. Um, minorities, but specifically Hispanics. Actually, some some other uh, some other things too. Let me let me let me just talk about it. So I found this article, um, and this is this article is from February twenty seventh. So it says the U.S. Labor Department lawsuit filed Thursday 
accused B&H Photo in Electronics, the largest non-chain photo and video equipment store in New York City, of heavily discriminating against Hispanic employees by forcing them to use separate unsanitary bathrooms. So now I'm I'm going to you know I, I'm going to I'm going to go on the uh, when I first read that I, I was like, well, this is this is America for for one thing and when they say for forcing them to use separate unsanitary bathrooms, I don't I don't understand it. Like I mean, if they if they are doing it, that's one thing. But how can you force? What what? I, I don't understand what it means forcing. That that's the part I didn't get because if I was working somewhere, and someone told me that hey, uh, that's the black person's that's the black people bathroom over there, in this day and age, I'll be like, go fuck yourself. Like what? I don't. I, that's the part I'm having a hard time understanding. And I tried to see what they meant by forcing. Like, that's you. You either you either agree to that as an employee, agree that you're going to use a separate bathroom, or you don't. No, I don't. I don't get what what they mean forcing. This is not fucking. This is not a third world country. This is the United States. Like, how who who's been forced to use a separate bathroom? Okay, anyway. I'm going go ahead and finish reading this. The Jewish-owned store. Now, everybody know, anybody who's shopped at B&H know that B&H is Jewish-owned. I don't, I don't think that was a surprise to anyone who who's a photographer and know of B&H because they're closed every Sunday. Every time you go to their website, there's a message on there, hey, we're closed, you know, whatever religious reason. So the Jewish-owned store is further accused of discriminating against Hispanic and Asian Job seekers, the New York Post reported. The lawsuit also stated that female workers at the store's warehouse in the, in the Brooklyn Navy Yard were not provided with a separate restroom or changing facility. Okay, so what I did was I did a search for, uh, because the picture that's shown here, it says, workers at, this is the caption on the picture, it says, Work at, workers at B&H Photo and Electronics. And then in parentheses, it has YouTube screenshots. So I went to YouTube and did a search for, for B&H Photo. And I came up with a separate story from back in 2007, a video. Then this is 2007 of a lady that works for B&H. She was a cashier. And, but she wanted to, she wanted to, I guess, I guess, uh, get promoted to sales. And B&H, the, whoever, the higher-ups at B&H told her that they can't let her go into sales as a female for religious reasons. Now, okay, so let's, let's step back. We, we are in the fucking United States of America, right? We, we are. Am I right or wrong? I mean, that's, okay, so... B&H, they, their, their company is privately owned. They can, do whatever the, they can do whatever they want to. But the problem is that, and this is the reason why, you know, the government has lost, lost a lawsuit against them, is because um, they have a certain status to where they get certain subsidies from the government. And when you, and when you do that, you have to be an equal opportunity and fucking employee. Fuck your religion. You can't, you can't ha have it both ways. You can't say, yeah, I want to be labeled as this and receive these benefits from the government because we, we're going to have this certain status. It's, it's almost like a, if, a, if a charity wanted to be, what, the 503C but still do other shit that is, or, or not do the things that's required, you know, for being 503C. You, 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 I mean, you know, you know what I mean? So... You you can't have it both ways, and that's why the the government is is suing them, um, because they broke the rules, of whatever agreement it is, and and I can't, uh, I mean you you have to you have to read yourself, but I I did see the article of exactly what it is that they're breaking, and you know and and for the government standpoint, is it's not just 
they, the government is not even looking at it as like, oh, they discriminate against Hispanics or whatever. The government is looking at it as, hey, you broke the rules, period. Uh, it's almost like in housing. Now, when I was a landlord, when I when I when we own rental property, we we um, we agreed that we would that we would take Section Eight, and with that comes comes some things that are like guaranteed. Like when when you take Section Eight, it's not saying that you're gonna get. Um, and this is you know people ask why why would somebody take Section Eight because they have a stigma of what type of people are gonna be renting, but. When you own multiple units and things like that, when you agree to take Section Eight, you you're guaranteed to get paid. You're guaranteed to get your rent. But when you do that, you have to be you have to open yourself to up to certain things. Like for one one thing is when you agree to Section Eight and somebody uh, somebody put in an application for a lease. Well, uh, authorities can and will inspect your property. To see if it's up to standards for their their um, whoever's on Section Eight to rent, and when you do that, you have to also abide by other fair housing laws. Now, if you just a private, if you don't if you don't own a certain amount of property, you don't have to do that. You can discriminate all the fuck all you want. You can discriminate for whatever reason you want. If you just own one house, if you you know you, if you renting out your own house. You're not taking any subsidies from the government. You, you're not. You're not owning any. You're not on any kind of government list to say, you know, I would accept Section Eight or any other kind of like housing, um, any any government based housing subsidy. You can discriminate as all you want. You can you can say I don't want Jews. I don't want blacks renting. I don't want women with kids renting. You can do all that you want. You can you can totally do that if it's your private property, and uh, you're renting out to somebody. But once you go over a certain amount of properties and you call yourself a business, then it's different. So with with the uh, same thing with B and H and any other company, if you if you just a private company, just because you're in the U.S., you uh, only thing you have to do you have to do shit legally, and 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 uh, it, 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 you know you have to abide by the law, right? So they broke the law by discriminating not because they are Jewish owned they didn't break the law because they they uh you know and and, I, and I'm just you know I, I don't know if they if, if whatever going on here is true or not they really discriminated or not but the government said they did so and the government said they broke the law based on that contract they have with the government to say hey we're going to be an equal opportunity employee so we are going to um get these, you know, subsidies. So that's what they did. They're not breaking the law because they are Jewish owned and they discriminated. They has nothing to do with it. I think the the reason why they um, pointed out the fact <laughs> that it's Jewish owned is for, I don't know, drama, I guess, or whatever. I don't You know, that really has nothing to do with it. It, it doesn't, even if they were Hispanic owned and discriminate against us Hispanics, it doesn't matter who fucking owns it. It's, it's the, what matters is the contract they have with the government. And but this, you know, and 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 at first when I just saw like the the this this current thing, this recent thing, I was like, okay, that's one incident. But then I read further, and, and this is this is more stuff that happened to the past by BNH. BNH has been sued multiple times for racial and gender discrimination. In 2007, BNH agreed to pay 4.3 million to sell a case levied by Hispanic employees over uneven pay scales. In 2009, four female employees sued BNH over failure to promote women to sales positions. Okay, so I guess that's going back to the video that I saw. And in tw- in 2011, Hispanic employees Luis Santana and Carlos Marchand sued BNH over denied promotion and raises. And of course, BNH declined to comment. So that's the shit that's like, yeah, that's you know, it's like it's like uh, you know, when there's fire, there's smoke. When there's smoke, there's fire. Fire, smoke. When there's a bee, there's honey. However the saying go. Now I've I've been shopping at BNH since ninety eight, ninety nine. 
You know what I mean? And I like I bought all of my new all my K threes, both bodies, all my stuff. I bought it from B and H last year. And uh, and I actually put I have a you know I have a like four or five wish lists on there that I put stuff that I'm going to order in the future. I just put the K one in one of the wish list on the, to get on the pre order. But when I see stuff like this, I mean the bit the best way to hurt a company is with your dollars, man. You know, you can talk and you can fucking do all this the protest and shit, whatever. The best way to hurt a company that's in the business of making money is by hurting them by not shopping there. And it's, you know, it's, I have, I have, I have no tolerance for just blatant shit like this, man. It, I don't, I don't even understand it. I don't, I don't understand it, man. It's it just, but it, it's like you know, I, I'm never surprised by it. But when I'm, I'm, I, am, I do get surprised when there's a company that's in the business of making money, and you're gonna treat your employees like shit, like it's net, like it's not gonna get out, like nobody, like nobody's gonna find out, or, or is it that like they've been around so long and they are, they, 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 I've never had a problem with B and H ordering. I've never had any issues with B&H ever. Um, but, when you know, I mean, so well, to, to see this, and I was just getting ready to order some more film. Like I said, I just shot my last roll of uh, HP5. I was just getting ready to order some more film from them. But, you know, there's Amazon, there's Adorama, there's Sammy's, you know, there's, lo- there's local shops. But although, I mean, man, sometimes the prices of local shops, I, I know it's different over here, it's different, it's, it's a brick and mortar. Well, shit, B&H is a big, that's what I don't get. I don't understand how, well, I guess they buy in volume. Because the, the HP5 on B&H is under five bucks, and I pay six and, six and a half for a roll of the same film here in town, plus tax, plus I have to drive, you know, I mean, because like I said, I, I live in the boonies. I have to drive all the way in town to get to the closest uh, mom and pop camera store. So I pay probably, when it's all said and done, eight, nine bucks for one roll. When I can order enough on B&H to get free shipping and not even have to leave my house, that, you know? So, well, I guess I'll be looking at Adorama. I mean, because it's just, it's, it's, it's like, it's nonsense, man. In, in 2016, to have shit like this going on for a company like B&H Photography. That's who, who's owned by Jews, you know, who's owned by someone who should, under, who should, if, you know what, it's pointless to even, to even talk about because it's so, it's, it, it, it's just messed up, man. And, and I, you know, it's just messed up. Ugh, it just put up, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Especially like you're going to. I I I don't have any. I have zero tolerance for people that you, that try to keep another group of people down under the guise of fucking religion. Fuck that. Fuck whatever. Fuck your religion. I don't. I don't care. I'm saying it. Whatever your religion is, that's gonna that shits on another group of people. I don't care what it is. I I, I don't care. I, I I don't understand it. I never will. Um, I don't care what organization is but if it if it shits on a whole group of people for no other reason than that's that's our tradition well you 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 know you you can't be doing business you can't be taking anybody's money like if that's the case you got to say well we don't take money from females you know if you're gonna if females can't be in sales because of fucking religious reasons you can't take money from females how about that how about when when a female come in your shop, you say, "Well, we don't cater to the female dollar." How about that shit? You know, how about that? that that's that's the thing. It's always to um, to benefit. You know, when they use shit like this, it's to it's to ben- it's, it's like benefits them when it's when it's um, convenient. You know, not not when they have to when they're gonna um, profit from it. No, it's only when it's convenient. For them to keep somebody, uh, keep somebody else down. Uh, yeah. I I hope something good comes out of this. You know, I hope like 
I mean, of course, they probably do some lip service and say, you know, we apologize, blah, blah, make some kind of a settlement or something. But in this day and time, to even have to be taught this lesson, I mean, of course, there are some some lessons to be taught, but to to there's no there's no reason for this. There's no reason to to like for this lesson to have to be taught. I mean, we 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 came along, we coming a long way with like transgender shit and you know gay rights and stuff like this. But this is back. This is going backwards. <laughs> this this is. This is like going in reverse. I don't understand this. This is not even something new. Like if if you know aliens land, and then all of a sudden an alien is working as a cashier, and then they say <laughs> we don't uh, we don't allow aliens. And then when I'm saying aliens, I'm not, I'm not talking about illegal aliens. I'm talking about fucking space aliens. You know they say we don't allow space aliens to uh, be in sales. That's something new. Then they'd be like, cause we don't. You know, we don't feel a- aliens understands the sale process like humans. We're not even there yet. They're going backwards. They're like keeping women down because of their. All right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done on that topic. That's, that's. I, I just, I just wish I understood it. I'm not surprised, but I just wish I understood it. You know, I'm never surprised that. Uh, when you see, people being racist. But when you see it on some shit like this, like back, like women, really? Even though I know this was old, this was in 2007 and 2009. Maybe it's different, you know. Maybe they do have, um, um, you know, women salespeople now. I don't know. But even back then, even in 2009, let me see when was that? When was that uh, the case? about the discriminating against the gender. Yeah, 2007. Even in 2007. Whatever, man. All right, that's it for this episode. Uh sorry I went on that rant. Um you know, get out there, man. Do some do some good things. Do some good things with your art. Get out there, be creative, whatever kind of art you do. You writing, uh, photography, drawing, painting, whatever. Get out there, do something with your creativity. Be positive. Let's promote some good uh, in this messed up world that we live in. That's it, man. That's all I have for the, for this episode of Straight Talk Uncut. If you got any questions, anything, you know, tell us at straighttalkuncut.com. Like I always say, hey, I don't know a lot. I, I prove it every episode. I don't know a lot. But what I do know, I try to talk straight about it. That's it, man. Talk to you guys next time.